Um, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, this man needs no introduction. Um, when I entered uh, D.C. about seven, eight years ago, uh, this was one of those landmark uh, people, you know, one of those people that embraced me um, from when I came from Morgan State by way of New York. Um, so during this quarantine, I wanted to um, I had this I had this on my spirit for a while um, throughout my position, Tony, um, in the city, in your city. And I just I was paying attention and keeping my head down on doing such a good job, like being a good worker with what I was set to in DC to do that I put this to the side, but the timing couldn't be more better of, um, to highlight um, not just DC, but the chocolate city DC, you know, and maybe even give some people a reminder and even educate some of us that are not from the city um, that, that migrated there at some point or passed through or visit. So I just thought, um, seeing that you took that you turned forty um, the other day, yeah. milestone. Um, happy birthday to Thank you! Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate big, it. Big milestone for you, especially where you coming from. Um, and, and you know, you you never let your circumstances dictate your future. And I see that that's what you're doing with your wife, with your family. And I just wanted to Thank kick you. kick this city off with somebody um like you because not only do you hold DC to such a regard and you carried on on your back everywhere that you go. Um, but you turning 40 puts you in a position in my eyes as, and me knowing your backstory and what you're doing with the youth and with, um, you know, the, the next generations that are coming up in DC, you're like the perfect middle child of DC when it comes to, if somebody wants to get a perspective of our nation's capital from the lens of somebody that grew up in the, 80s, the crack epidemic, you know, real big with that in, in Washington, D.C., being the um, the one of the, the biggest city in the country to um, reach 50 percent um, African-American demographic back in back in the day. Right. So that's yeah. that that was the, like where the chocolate city came from, along with everything mm -hmm. else that was going on that we'll talk about. But I just wanted to give that intro so that people understand and so that you understand also that. I, I I I look at DC as like as like my, an extended home at this point. So I wanted to take this charge to um, talk to um, native Washingtonians like yourself that has such a big voice and such a big influence, and um and just you know dig in and put a magnifying glass, especially with all that's going on right now. We already know, um, which we, I would definitely want us to talk about that, but. I want our conversation to have some, a timeline aspect because I want to take you back to, you know, when you was born 1980 and then your, your father sure. 1989 and then everything thereafter. So if you could just tell us, uh, Tony, um, what was D.C., the real D.C., and what, it, what did it look like from your perspective as a young nine-year-old? Like, let's go to that point right before Pops went away and, okay. and okay. where you was at growing up. All right, so I'm I'm and I'm gonna just like really start with like um coming like real quick up to until I'm nine, right? So I'm from I'm from Hanover Place. Yeah. Uh, that's in Northwest Washington. Um, that's about ten blocks from the Capitol. Yeah. Uh, my street was like the first what people would call open air drug market right. uh, for cocaine in 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 in, in, in the city. And uh, I grew up in a, in a in an environment that was hundred percent African American, and not just on my block, but particularly potentially like everywhere I went in DC, uh, right. aside from Georgetown, right? Gotcha. Um, even DC. And so when you when you hear that term chocolate city, now am I am I from I was born in 80, so up until 89, like we had uh 
African Americans represented probably 75% of the population through that time, gotcha. right? Um, and so even so when you hear the term chocolate city, it's not just about the residents, we're talking about even police officers, we're talking about teachers, doctors, right. um, you know, but everywhere you turn, it was a, it was somebody black, you know what I mean? Right. Black professionals, even if they didn't, uh, obviously our mayor at the time, Marion Barry, right. our police chief, right? Um, and we, I wanna I wanna pivot and come back to that and what that really means as a system when we I get on Floyd. But um, yeah, I'm living, I'm growing up in, in, in DC and DC was the crack capital, right? Of the United States. Right. And, and, and my father went to prison in 89. Um, you know, every, like I said, you had you had communities filled all throughout DC. A lot of times the black community get crafted down in terms of like War 7 and 8, but we grew up in a time where everywhere you turn, every street you was on, all uptown, right. upper northeast, wherever, it was black folks. Everywhere. Right? Everywhere. And, and not just from a street guy level, but all your. Oh, that, that's, that's what I'm saying, the entire gamut. Right, the entire gamut, not just on the hood side, on the entire gamut. And really, the reality of it is also crack impacted DC in such a severe way right. that we had so many working class, middle class communities, right? But people became addicted to drugs. The the, the conversation around uh, the crack epidemic is typically from the, the drug dealer perspective. Right. And what I wanted to do with with Slug was to show the fullness, right? How it impacts. So it really took a lot of whether it was Howard professors, whether it was, you know, doctors or government workers that got addicted. And it, it changed the dynamics, not only of their households, but also of their community. Right. So people my age growing up in that, right, I, the, the adults were taken away from us, right? So whether it was due to incarceration, due to premature death, you know, right. it was, you know, we was also in the murder capital, right. going, the not in that, at the same time, really, and particularly going into the 90s. It was, you know, about 86, 87 is when the violence started to like kick up, right? right? But the the 90s was incredibly violent, wow. right? The, the the 80s was violent to a certain degree, but the 90s were was incredibly violent. While crack, we, while crack is still dominant. Yeah, so while crack is still dominant, I mean, you got to look, the, the crack epidemic probably is 86 to 96 if got we it. had to put a, a period on it. Right. But the DC was like the murder capital from like 91 to maybe 96, 97, I think us in New Orleans like traded spots, but all the way through the 90s, even into like the early 2000s, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and that's what we we grew up in. So I'm 10 and nine, my father go to jail when I'm nine. Uh, my dad um, uh, is a part of the biggest uh, conspiracy in the history of District of Columbia uh, uh, before or after. Um, you know, I had a, a trial that was like akin to like the OJ trial in terms yo, of publicity. Yo, yo, I love that you just went there because, of course, as I'm, you know, building out this vision for DC to have this chocolate city story told and whatnot. So I'm doing my research. I'm looking up videos. I'm reading and all of that. And and I watched that joint and uh, one of the clips on YouTube that just has how and they focused on how they treated the trial from a like they were they Flown in your pops from the in the helicopters. Yeah, and yeah. The jury yeah. was was on um, blocked off from. Yeah, what they call it? Yeah, sequestered jury, bulletproof glass. Uh, they housed them at Quantico Marine Base, right? And so, you know, like as a, those memories are still etched. That stuff is still etched in my memory. Like in the, the crazy thing about when they was at Quantico was Quantico again is a marine base, so they had like a cell block that's like out in the field. It's not a prison, right? It's a, it's a marine base, literally, right? Right. And so, um, you got marines with M16s and 
when you go visit, there's no visiting hall because it's not a prison. They got like sales for like when Marines get out of line. You know? right. right. So anyway, we used to have to go visit him literally at the sale, right? Like like no visit. You visit like literally he on one side of the bars, we on the other side of the yeah. bars in, in a very literal way. So what would happen is they would get flown by military helicopter um, into the city, get on a you know a, a van and then taken to court. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and subsequently they would receive life without the possibility of parole. And that was 31 years ago. My father's still incarcerated. But what, what that did for me, um, you know, obviously my world got turned upside down, you know. Um, and my mother, you know, uh, the stress and the trauma of that, uh, you know, it really broke my mom. Then when me and her got carjacked, shortly, just another, another uh, speaking to uh, some of the other elements, right? right. Um, we got carjacked in like 1990. Um, and I, I, don't really, I didn't really have my mother back since then you know what i'm saying in the, in the way that she was prior to oh. um and so you know uh, but but many kids like me had hit my father get life my mother uh, you know is is, is strict stricken with mental illness um and the direct the, result of when pops the, the, the direct result you know what i'm saying and not even in the direct in the result also of but mo both of my parents are from the exact same street like the same street i live on we my my parents everybody in my family from both sides of my family so they grew up together, These, they grew up together. They literally grew up together, right? Um, but the traumas that they experienced together in, in, in this community, right? You got to think that that's, that already was like a part of it. And then also my dad's lifestyle. You know, I grew up, man, with in a time too, we talk about DC at that time where, you know, the, 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 the potential of us being kidnapped was real. I, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's not necessarily right? just the, you, oh, Tony Lewis Jr. now is going to follow in the footsteps, but it's also while you're just an innocent kid, like possibility of getting, you know, tangled into. The no, well, no, no question. That's definitely like when my, my father was a was a was a was a, you know, sort of the the, the pinnacle uh, of, of of the lifestyle that he was in, right. right? He was the apex, right? And so, like all my life up until the point of him going to jail, that was a very very real reality. And even after, you know, like I said, we got carjacked after. I don't know if that would have happened. You know when he was out, I, you know what I'm saying. So you, that's another dynamic, right? Your your family is no longer protected. But coming up, I was always taught, you know, not to tell nobody where we live, not to ever mention where we live. Like when we live, we had a crib out in Maryland. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, never to, you know, people couldn't stay over our house. We didn't even stay at the house. Really, we just went there to go to sleep. But my point, you know, what I'm saying, it was I grew up like that. I grew up always remembering directions. Always remember because if, if somebody ever grabbed me, I could tell. You know what I'm saying? These were real things for me. You know what I mean? The instinct was your instincts were always high because it was sure and had to be and like like drills though. I mean it that that literally. I used to have to go through drills like how we get home from here or which way do we go? How do we get to grandma? You know you know what I'm saying? Wow. Because it because it was really that that's the lifestyle. That's 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 what was happening in DC. Right. We had family. We had friends of ours. You know uh, 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 who my father's buddies who people had you know what I'm saying followed them home. Yeah. Snatched their kids. They got they might got the kids back or but also the drug dealers themselves like was getting snatched back then. You feel right. me? Like a, a dude, we, we men, do might kidnap a man. That right. was a real thing. That was the DC, that was part of the, you know, the lifestyle. And, um, you know, so, so like that level of trauma as a child, you know what I'm saying? And then losing my dad, who was a very hands-on father, you know, um, did homework with me, you know what I'm saying? We traveled, like yeah. all that. My dad was a hands-on at 20. And it just my, came to a stop. Like, it just... came to a, a screeching halt, you know what I'm saying? He got but, life without parole. So then, how did you how did you function all of that? Because I, what I, what I'm seeing, like I'm seeing a whole movie for real. In, in oh yeah, it, yeah. And what I'm saying is like, so at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old, that that whole span, you're being taught all these um different like 
uh, advanced ways. Yeah, survival type, yeah, early. for sure. So right. at school, right? Like, let's take it to school for a second. Like, so when you had school, you, I, I would like to believe that you knew that you were different than probably all, if not majority of the yeah. And I went to Catholic, I went to Catholic school, right? So everybody else's parents worked. You know what I'm saying? They had professional parents. Right. Now, but what was, what was crazy, though, was that for me, I knew we were different. I was very clear on that, right? But not to the degree that we, I didn't understand it fully because that's all I knew. See, like, I didn't know nobody that had a job. Like, no, not just, see, this is like, I come from, like, crack didn't turn my neighborhood up. My, 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 my neighborhood and my, my mother's family, right? Right. Have been a staple in the underworld since the 30s and the 40s. My grandfather. Oh, so this goes back. This goes back, back for, for us, right? So I don't know. My, like my mother's brothers, my uncles, they kind of, me and my dad joke about this a lot. Because they raised him. They the ones who brought him off the porch, as we say. Right. My, my my mother's brothers. And you know what I'm saying? When he went away, like they raised me too. You know, it's like we got the same. He's always joke. We got the same OGs or whatever. But the reality why I'm bringing that up is that like, um, in our in our neighborhood, you know, it, these things were like uh, commonplace. Drug dealer, bank robbing, these type of the gambling, the underworld. That's how people survive where I came right. from. So when people used to ask me, what's your, you know, they ask you that in class, like, what do your parents do for? Yeah, you? yeah. You know like I would make up some every other day. You know what, 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 what was the craziest thing that you could remember? Like the crazy thing, I, I remember. I said, I think I told, like, I told one day. I think I said, like, my father wanted. He was training to be an astronaut or some shit. I was, it was probably like third or fourth grade. Cause I was a little older than I remember that because I did that on purpose. Like, yeah, he trying. He about to be an astronaut. About to be an astronaut. <laughs> and then look, but listen, but then he come pick me up. He come pick me up in a Porsche one day, a BMW the next day, a, a Benz. And I know, and so you hear, even in my hood though, even in my hood with my friends, like, you know, like, 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 you know, your friends always, my friends knew too. I was, I was different there and I was different at home. Right. You see, you right. see, you see what I'm saying? But how you juggling that at nine years? Like how you juggling I know. it? But, but it's my only norm. And still staying solid. Still all the way solid. You know, this is the thing, though. My father grew up, um, my father grew up extremely poor, right? Right. And he used to, everything, every time we went somewhere, every time we went in, you know, this, this daily shit, shopping every day, all this stuff we doing. Right. He always grounded me, though. You know, he always said, Slow, who you want to bring with you, whether it was my cousins or some of my friends. or And he always used to tell me, just remember, none of this stuff don't mean, it just don't make us. You know what I'm saying? And you, you're not better than nobody because you got this and they don't. You understand? That was embedded in me. And I, it, it, anytime I acted otherwise, right, I got reprimanded for that. It was no room for that. It was no room to act as if you were better than, and, and you know, we. it was always about giving and, and, and helping out our hood. You know what I'm saying? That's why a lot of uh, who I am today, like, that's where I was raised to be. It's not even like that's no thing. Like, bro, you're, you're, as since I've, like, personal testimony real quick is just the fact that since I've been in the city working for seven, eight years, Bro, you're at everything. I'm talking nothing's too small. If there's something going on in Ward 8 that is only going to garner like 30 people, 40, 50, it don't matter to you. Yeah, From that right. to the hundreds and the thousands and the stuff that, it, bro, that's always been you. Yeah, always. bro, because that's, the, you know, it's always, it's always genuine with me. And, and like, because I got to, I'm still, I'm accountable to those people and I'm accountable to that history and that standard, right? That, okay. that guides me, you know what I'm saying? Hey. Um, but, but like when, and so when he went in, the crazy part about it, when they went in, DC just got, like I was saying, progressively more violent. And now I don't have him. So now we 1990s. So yeah, now, now we 90s. So we're going 80. Now we're going into the 90s, right? Now, so, and, so what's going on now? It, 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 
murder capital. DC stands for Dodge City. And that headline took over the crack epidemic while the crack epidemic had well it was a, it was a part of that they were they were synonymous right they, they're, they're together we, we even had we had you know shows like a, a joint called city under siege which started in probably like 87 okay. where it, it were highlighting all the violence you said it, city it, under siege city under siege yeah and i write about that. actually that's how i found out my father was arrested we saw it on city under siege right city under siege was the show that, that dc's violence and drug culture was so heavy that i think it was fox five at 11 o'clock every night. The show was strictly about drug busts and murders. That's they had a whole prevalent. segment on- A whole show, like a 30 minute show. Yeah, anybody from DC will t that grew up in that time will tell you about City Under Siege. And, um, and so you also, you also got to think about this in DC, right? Where now, depending on where you lived in the city, you had a heavy influx of, of, of New York hustlers. You had a, a heavy influx of Jamaican hustlers. You feel me? The people was coming to the city because the, the the market, right? It was no no place on earth had as many people that that wanted drugs like DC. But this, but Tony, let me ask you this, and and and, and to stay right there. But all right, because being out of towners usually look at DC as oh the White House, you know all the landmark stuff, right? So my thing is. From the even the street level, there was no fear of yo. This is the 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 capital, the data or not. Nah, it was just getting with all the hoods of DC and getting it popping. Pretty yeah, much. Like nah, the, but the street, the, 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 the streets talk though. Like, like the streets talk. Like people, people say, damn, you know what I'm saying. Like I think for for a lot of people was coming here like almost uh, sometimes unaware of our culture. Like they was coming here like yo, we can go. Especially like people coming from New York or, or like people, Jamaicans, or whatever, coming like, yo, we're gonna come there and sh set up shop. And in a lot of cases, that went the wrong way. You feel me? That of went course, the wrong way I'm because, sure. yeah, but at the time it took, and then some people came and was, and, and was, and was, was successful. But the thing about DC was you couldn't come, it was never, it was, you're never gonna come here and take over. You can come here right. and build relationships and rapport and, and do it that way. Um, but that's a whole we are we are on a whole never show that. Whole, right, right. But but the reality of it is, uh, with my father and them leaving, right? When them out of the way, then right. you got to think. So my father and them went to prison in '89. You had R Street was another. All, what I'm about to name all big, you know, cases. Yeah, right. Right? After them, it was R Street, and then it was P Street. All three of them situations is like you know within. Two three blocks of where I live at. First and, and O is first and O a part yeah, of that. First and O, yeah, that's my hood though. Yeah, that's still that's this that's, that's here. You know what I'm saying? Then you get so you got the R Street crew, you got P Street crew. There's these big conspiracies. Then you get the Newton Street crew uptown. You got the First Street uh, joints. All these conspiracies happen between like '89 and '93. And then also you got you know um uh uh you know the dude Poe and Wayne. They they don't happen to like '92 '93 too. But there was so so to, you know now my father and him leave it was like this big vacuum you know people yeah, was vying like, for you know what yeah I mean? what's going on but now that they're out of place like how is the yeah everybody's scrambling that's what I'm talking about when you hear all this influx of these people from different places and other guys within the city so that's when you start seeing these murders like and and again right after that is is like so right after that that's like my generation right so like we we by ninety three we thirteen right. And and by, and by the time we 13, a lot of our parents addicted, a lot of our parents dead, a lot of our parents locked up. So this is the time where, you know, my generation in this city, man, really raised themselves. And right. 
that's when you saw the murder rate really skyrocket. That's when you saw teen pregnancy out the window. Right, we we grew up in that's what I grew up in. Not not them, but at the same time, right, the the culture though, the the um like the chocolate city culture was still thriving so thick. And then you know, obviously, you know, staples like go go music, right? The right. fashion with the madness shop that started in like 85, 86. Wow. Um, you know, we if we go in there, like madness was just something that was like um and you know, madness was started by like authentic, let me just use that word some of the most authentic guys, right? Like, really authentic. What about authentic. shooters? Is this is so shooters, shooters is a 90s thing, right? So, so, so Madness in the 80s. Madness, and in, the madness in the 80s. Madness in the, in the joint over South East called DDTP. Okay? Um, but in the 90s, yeah, that's the one puts my ad on the South Side. But on the, in the 90s, then it's sort of, sort of the, 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 the offshoots. You know, you get shooters. You get We Are One. You get all days, right? right? You get you get um 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 you know a lot of little other joints that popped up. Madness sort of set the the trend. You know what I mean? Some people say even like you know the puff was aware of like madness and like the idea of like Sean John may be tied right. to that. You understand what I'm saying? Um, those guys it gotta be. Yeah, it is, man. And so like what what happened too with us? I think a lot of times, right? This is the other thing about what Chocolate City did. You right. didn't really care about anything else or anywhere else right so you may travel right or, or whatever but we, we never had a mouthpiece we never had anybody to really share our stories we didn't even care like all i ever cared about was that my hood was proud of me i didn't care right. if i would be not, even some people right now in my you know they're like tony you should do more national stuff and I, maybe i should but my thing is that like i just wanted to make dc proud of me because you know why it's so hard to make dc proud of you <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like so if dc proud of you it's like you jumped the moon you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. But but without but but I think that that culture right and and how we never really necessarily ventured out like I don't know if Madness ever thought about you know anti I don't that that core client was like and for all of for all days for we are one for shooters right. you know for DDT that core client that core that core target audience was the guy on the corner. And in in this city, nobody else was more influential. Now you know we use in the, we grew up in the term of uh, the term influencer. In DC, that's what that was our influencers. Right. Even in the book, I write about like man, listen, bro. And I and I, I and like okay, I'm talking about my father. So obviously, like some people would think like I'm biased. But if I talk, I'm not even talking about my father. Right. I'm gonna talk about another person. Like say if I brought up a guy, God rest his soul, a guy like his name was Michael Frey Salters, right? Okay. Frey might have been the, the most one of the most influential. He was more influential than Doug Williams. And you, you understand what I'm saying? If we get, you know, who was the quarterback for the Washington Redskins, yes. Super Bowl quarterback. What Frey said, or what Frey wore, or, or, or where Frey went to eat had more of an impact on us than what Doug Williams organic, did. Organic, organic. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't no social media. We didn't care about, like those guys was cool. Anybody who played on the Bullets at the time, like yeah. a Moses Malone. Or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. Um, like DC street, the street culture here was the dominant culture, yeah. is what I'm getting to. It was the most influential uh uh, uh culture, it was more influential than in sports, more influential in politics. And if you were in those lanes, you and you for you to be known, you had to be attached to the streets in it some way. Be. Had to be that because it was everywhere and DC being is it what is it, ten by ten? Ten by ten. Ten by yeah. ten. Ten by ten, small ten. place, man. And I think this is why I, I have such an affinity and such a love for DC because 
it being so small in size, if we're just talking about you yeah, can say, yeah, sure, it's small, very small, very small. Influence, bro. You know, we 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 done traveled, right? Travel, tra yeah. I yep. have heard one person, and I put this on everything I love. Not one person, and maybe they're out there, but me personally, anytime DC comes up, oh, I oh, great time. Yeah, people like it. Yeah, man. Of DC, that's why people place like this is why DC. I don't care if you go to Howard or you go to Georgetown, right? right. Or any of the other schools in between. When I, my point is that people come here and don't go back. For real, it's, it's evident. That's why so many people. I mean, I, and I think obviously it's a like LA or New York City, and you know, if people no. move to those places sometimes for something specific, right? They in if I'm in the financial world or the fashion world yeah. or the entertainment. But when yeah. you come to DC, sometimes people don't even intend to stay. And they come here. That's the thing. <laughs> people come here with the if you know the intentions of I'm only doing a week, two weeks, whatever your duration is, and then you realize that things just click. For you, like DC, to me has like this electrifying, like like lightning bolt type of feel to it, bro. And it, but Flex, I, let me tell you something. That's, I feel like the spark it, never goes out. It, it don't. But what's ill, right, is that this was crazy. When you from here, though, you know it's so much about your own city that you don't even experience or consider. And it's amazing how somebody can live in DC and have two completely polar opposite experiences. Right. Even right. even as a black person. It's not just about, you know what I'm saying? Like you come here, I remember how man bro, I don't think I went this I'm gonna take give you an example. I don't think I went to the club like like a like a love or something. I don't think I think like Dream's the first club I went in. You know what I'm saying? But I was, was like twenty I was like twenty four, but nah nah I was probably like twenty three. 22 23 the first time i ever went into a club that I and mean, what i mean by that is like a traditional club that didn't like right. not a go-go right, right. everything before was just go 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 yeah. go and even at that time it's like i'm not going in that's not for me that's for them people from out of town or right. whatever the case may be it's right. like day and night you know what i'm saying like between we was we was raised to like we were so again we were so uh insulated it's like as i've this last you know 15 to 18 years of my life has really also been about me maturing and growing and expanding. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and recognizing that people from other places can be good people. Like yeah, that's like we yeah. good relate. You know what I'm saying? I that's, wasn't always like that. I wasn't always but, there. But you know that's I'm why I wanted to do this. Like it's this has been sitting on my spirit. Like I said, real talk. Probably the first two years I came in the city and I got the position. Like 2015 was my second year. 30. I was like, I was like, dang, like. I, I love this place so much, and and I just want it all to make sense and all the yeah. work. But I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to always make sure that it was a, a a work in progress, and it wasn't just a hey guys, yo, yo, welcome me, accept me. Now nah, nah, it was like I, I need to just like, work use it. the word organic, though. Yeah, use the word organic, and those relationships de develop, you know. And that's why I always salute you, and I and I, I I appreciate you for that because so so many people don't have a respect for us. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of guys that. I can name that, you know, we cool now. We got great relationships now, but the relationships ain't wasn't always there. Sure. I had to really, because of the fact that I felt like they wasn't respecting yeah. the native. And no. even now, that's why that, that native DC joint is so important to me, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because even, you know what I mean? It's not just frames. Sometimes you get framing like, you know, gentrifiers and all that. But even before that, a lot of times the native Washingtonian was excluded. You right. know what I'm saying? Was not acknowledged. You know right. what I'm saying? Even, in the, like I said, well, wherever it was in the club and i think i, I was a, a bridge builder for yeah. that you know what i'm saying 
Like you, now, that's a great when you said I'm, that. I was like, yo, that's that that make a lot of sense. That's real, remember, that remember, is real, Tony, bro. I, 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 I've, like I said, of course, I know the whole backstory. I know how you grew up, so automatically that's a solid fist right there. But then you also you get another fist because. Like you doing the impossible, which is you're you're able to relate to the old you're you're able to relate to the OGs. You're an OG to some already, and you look at the next generation coming, and they look at you as yo, that's Tony Lewis. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah, man. It's an all around like combustion when it comes to you. Like like it's a whole yeah. aspect, bro, for real. And I, I really appreciate that. And I, I think you know we live in a time too where. All the things that I talked about that happened here in the 80s and the 90s, though, right? And you, you talk about us having some of the highest murder rates, highest incarceration rates. So many of the people that grew up with me and, like, so, like I'm saying, our generation, like, you know, we ain't making it. We was dying at 14, 15, 16 years old or, or the, the, the perpetrators in those unfortunate crimes and going to jail at 16, 17, getting charged as adults. That's the that's the time that I grew up in, right? And so, wh why that why is that important? Why that's important is a lot of those guys left behind uh, a sixteen to seventeen year old girlfriends that were babies in their stomach, right? right. And so you had a whole generation of young people in this town that grew up without somebody to pass back the culture and the information. Oh, you know, so I've always seen myself as somebody who's been, you know, been covered, been blessed, man. And so it'd be my duty to share like the information and, and like who we are, you know, and what we are, you know, why that's important. And right. you know, it's so many, again, it's, and, we, and then when young people look to music or they look to, you know, say YouTube or, or, or they look to documentaries or whatever, you haven't had a whole lot of things told from our perspective. And right. then often when they are, right, especially on the street side of things, you know what I'm saying, it's often being tied to uh, 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 somebody that wasn't from here. Always. And, you know Always. what I'm saying? Always. And so it's not, it's not told, in, it really, it's not told truthfully. Right. And it's, so even, even for that guy, you know, you know, for him, for the guy, you know, Alpo, and then the guy my dad went to prison with, I don't like to talk about them guys a lot. Because I get it. They, they didn't, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about people that didn't, that's not accountable. I, get it. I, I get don't it. use no word like rats. People that's unaccountable for their actions, we don't, I don't like to discuss them. I be. But, but what I'm saying is that unaccountable guy, a, a lot of times, you know, you, people talk about him as it relates to Washington, but what they don't talk about is when you look at all them pitches, in, in 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 the quote unquote paid in full time, and right. then you look at the pictures from when he was down here. He wasn't that guy no more because what what people don't talk about is the influence that this city had on him. You feel what I'm saying? It's, it's How the, he the, the yeah. Right. But the line tell the story, if you will. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Or the hunter, my bad. Not the line. The hunter tells the story. You feel me? And, and and sometimes from people's perspective, they don't tell the whole thing. And and also one of the things about DC. Is we also raise we much more reserved than people from other places. Like that's just yeah. our demeanor. You know what I'm saying? We don't we don't we don't do that. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like y'all always and I'm I'm just adding to I'm I'm adding to exactly what you're saying is from from my perspective I see exactly that DC y'all are if we're just talking about the DC man y'all are a man's man meaning it's like it's all like solidarity it's respect and it's all type and you can yeah. somebody from out of town. Is coming and with the intention of oh I'm just gonna take 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 on, on, on take advantage and not try to 
um, whether extend an offering of, yo, can we collaborate or this is what I'm here to do. It's almost like checking in without the street. Yeah, without, sure, without, sure. Right. But it's like, you know, just for a certain reverence. But, you know, then also I just, I just feel like, and I think what's beautiful about the younger generation, though, is that we're, we're free. I think we, we try to free them up. You know what I'm saying? To be themselves. If they want to be a little more outgoing than we have traditionally been. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then I want them to do that because I want them to say, damn, I could be flexible. Like, damn, I could do that. I got the entire, he got the charisma. I'm like that. You feel me? Right. Sometimes a young dude in DC, because you, that's just saying, that's not how you came up. We grew up with, it was so much trauma and carnage and shit that it really stifled your creativity. You know what I'm saying? Like this was it wasn't no options, and I'm not gonna make a broad like about no way in DC. What you saying? But but most communities, man, you feel me? You had to be tough first. You could have been incredibly talented in a lot of other things, right? Right. Whether it was sports or comedy or science, right? So, it, it, wrong you had as to be nails. tough first. You had to be tough first because you know that if that superseded everything else. Because if your grandmother or your mother sent you to the store to get them eggs or that bread, you had to bring it back. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, 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 and I don't know if people really understand. I, don't, I can't speak. And I'm not saying that we, we the only place that yeah. was like that. Well, you know what I'm saying? But I do know that this place, no matter where you came from in this town, for the most part, that's how it was, bro. And in the time that I grew up, it was it was so so rampant on the metro bus on the subway or at your summer job, bro. Like it ain't like these things happen or these confrontations or this aggression happen when you got seventeen. I'm yeah. saying when you was ten on that playground Yo. off the rip. Yes, you had to be a certain way. So when you get that, when that culture is so heavy, um, what happens subsequently is that. Your 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 pursuits, your your so your natural gifts. Sometimes they just get, you know what I'm saying? They right. get deferred. Right. They get deferred. You know what I mean? You start when, looking when at that time. kid right there. That's that's being that he just beat up two dudes or whatever. He could actually be something when it comes to the tech stuff because his digital game, like, but that's getting overshadowed by. It's in a way, that's right. That's right. And at that time, and you know, it's like so. Like even for you, we look at DC rappers now. If you was telling a DC rapper like Priest, boy, man, give us something. That even if he could, that's not just in his nature because that's some man, we don't be doing all that, right? But a kid that came up in 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 Brooklyn, mm -hmm. where hip hop was a part of his entire, a part of everything, right? Then it's gonna that's come second nature. That's second nature, right? You see, you see what I'm saying? That's why, like these these are the things that when you start to be told that middle child thing, like I can make those connections and say this is why because i i grew up with some dudes bro listen let me tell you something please name that's what the dude name chocolate city story i know right it was a dude named monty bro monty a little older than me right monty mm -hmm. little right on north capitol oh we used to be outside we had a little go-go band around here. You know, people be no buggers and doing their little thing. Monty used to want to rap, though. You hear me? We used to be, he used to be beating on the on a mailbox, on shit, rapping, freestyling. We used to be like, bro, what the fuck? What you think you from New York or something? Like, let me tell you another thing. DC, the only, probably the only place on earth that, like, being from New York is not, like, a great thing. I get, you know what I'm saying? Bro, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's why we're here, Mr. Tony Lewis Jr., Let's let's just call the elephant out in the room. Yeah, Listen, shit, I I experienced that the first, and I I've survived to tell the story and be accepted. But 
the first year, first year or two, I could say that, yo, that is a real thing. And it's unfortunate only because it's the cats that they don't plan to set up shop and stay and, and grow a family down there. They're only passing through. Yeah. They were, and, right? Yeah. So yeah. I had, I'm yeah. like, dude, y'all make, y'all, to my fellow New Yorkers, y'all are making it harder for me. That's a solid one, a real one. I'm coming sure. from, from the right angle and y'all are still making it different. But we already know with time. Yeah, the, but I think, and I think, I think we're dry. definitely in a better, we're definitely in a better space today I, as we I, were, I, you know, back then. But like when somebody would try to, you know, rap, you know what I'm saying? You used to be like, man, what you doing? Like, we don't do that. If yeah. you rap, you know what I'm saying? You better be attached to a go-go band. You can't there be no, no rapper. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so I'm just giving that as an example though, of like, that's why, so, so like the, being a part of uh, uh helping the uh our local rap uh, uh scene or whatever you want to call it back in the early 2000s for me or well i'm talking about 2010s you know what i'm saying around 2009 2010 perfect the timeline we, we yeah we're moving around i'm just saying you know and obviously too before that i had you know i i had got uh, when i was in 2000 i started doing violence interruption that's my first job you know what i'm saying when I, I god showed me my purpose and i couldn't turn away from it you know what I'm saying? So I would do that and really see me and myself as a, as a, as a pillar in the community, somebody who, right. you know what I'm saying, could help and reach those that other people couldn't reach. And then by, by the time we get to like 2010, that's when I started to be able to leverage that. Leverage right. at that point, that 10 years of service to say, hey, man, we got to support and we got to push and help these young dudes from our neighbor, from our city or from our area that, um, you know, doing their thing. And then namely at that time, Wale, of course, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and in the whole, and then you know, and then sort of my 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 relationships that I had with Trey and G and Mo, you know what I'm saying, that that predated that, and it was just like the perfect thing. They had the whole BOA movement, you know what I'm saying, and I just felt like it was time that like, yo, now we gotta support this, and it was a lot of little infighting going on amongst the guys who were who were in that world. I wasn't in that world though, right? right? I I come from the underworld, if you will, and my work was with the underworld. I didn't know a lot of people that wasn't from that ilk. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was very so, familiar with while the guys. See, growing up, and, and to, you're you're meeting people that are giving you new perspectives on how to look at stuff. For, for sure. The no, absolutely. Then my like my cousin, I, my cousin Rodney, who 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 uh went to Harvard. You know what I'm saying? And he when he when he uh when he graduated from Harvard, he worked on Wall Street. You know what I'm saying? So he was one of the people that really, even when he was at Harvard, let me, let me just show you how stuck I was. He went to Harvard for four years, man. Right. Like, you know, I, ain't never, I never went to, I never went up there. He used to be like, cuz, man, cuz, come up here, man. You know, he played football and all that. I just, I, if it wasn't happening around Hanover, around they, first, no, I wasn't true. Oh, it didn't matter to me. That's what I'm trying to get. And it didn't it matter. matter. It didn't matter to me. Why am I going? I'm not going up there. That's all that shit. Why don't I, we don't do that? You see what I'm saying? Because again, like I like that's why I always tell people, bro. Like my my path wasn't linear. Like I ain't just always planning to be who I am. Like I, it really took a while. Like it took me almost getting caught up in FBI indictments. Obviously, you know, just the imminent threat of you know uh, my friends dying around me, family members down, also almost dying, potentially going to prison. Even in my, all my brilliance and in my service and all, I still because that's all I knew. We don't we don't see nobody do nothing else. We you gonna, feel me? We're going to do it type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, in the street. That's all we did. You know what I mean? Every man, I, ain't, I don't know don't, don't men around me got no job. 
You see what I'm saying? Like for real now, you know what I mean? Like I don't, and I don't, I don't, that's why I've always been like very transparent. I don't say that with like pride. I don't say it with shame either because they right. taught me so much. But my point, that's just my reality. So when he telling me to come up to Harvard, I'm like, for what? It sounded like like a total waste of a move because you're gonna go there to to see all the nice you already know that Harvard is whatever. Yeah, well even I don't even I just don't wanna go. It ain't my vibe. He ain't my vibe. This is my blood cousin, but at that time he not my vibe because I'm still I got blinders on. Right. Right? If 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 you ain't if you're not doing no street shit, I'm not interested. At by that time in my life, by period. Default, it's just the way by it is. default, by default, I'm doing violence interruption. I mean, I was, I was at UDC, you know what I'm saying? But I still was a street guy. I want to gamble all night, be in the crap joint, or you know what I'm saying? And if not, be and hang out around my way. That's what you, you feel. Know. What I'm saying? That's what I know. But my cousin Rodney, he 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 didn't quit me though, right? He ain't stopped asking me to come and pull up. He the first. He the person I went to the club with for the first time. Oh, to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, to, go to Dream. Yeah, I wasn't going in that shit. I wasn't trying to go. Then I was telling me to do Mark Bonds don't play go. You know what I'm saying? All of that <laughs> no. was a real thing. Listen, talk to Mark, bro. Hey, if you ask Mark. Oh, oh no, you, you, ask, you, you just you just broke the news. I got Mark on this tomorrow. Perfect time. My dog, listen, I um, mean, and he'll, and he'll tell you, and you know, like just, I was like, I ain't fucking with that. But then, like, Rodney, I for real, I, I, I really, um, you know, give him his credit for his role in my life in, in that way, right? And then, and then also, I was, because he did now, it's, and it's crazy how God worked, because at the time, I also feel like the wall's closing on me. Now, right. like I told you, I had just dug the federal indictment, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? People around me, you know, people still getting killed. So I'm like, yo, I need another outlet. I need... Yeah, you got to see something different. And so when I started to do that, and we, I started to... But I grew up, my, my, I got a cousin, my Uncle Boo's, children is by a woman who is from brooklyn you know what i'm saying so i grew up going up back and forth from new york i spent three weeks in the summer oh, up there growing up i was very familiar with new york i was more familiar with new york than him. i was like bro i come up with you because i like new york you know what I'm i used to go back and forth anyway so i'm like yeah i come up with you so i started doing that and then we start you know what i'm saying just hanging out in the city or in a, on a different wave you know what i'm saying and you know, again, that's just, and then I'm growing professionally too at the same time. Then the, the Rayful American Gangster come out in 07. Right. Then the Cornell Jones American Gangster was in 08. I'm on both of them. And this, like, my platform, my notoriety, and people saw me on TV, like, oh shit, I ain't know you do that. Do that I ain't know you be doing this work. You know, it came into my, my program, my classroom, to sh uh, show me teaching, you know, and stuff like right. that. And what that did, let me tell you why that was important. Yeah, why was that important? That was important because what it did for me. Well, one, it just showed the work, right? It showed the importance of helping men and women return from prison, get established in 07. But the other thing it did was I couldn't be in the club fighting. I couldn't be in the club. You know, I couldn't be. I had a standing because now everybody like, oh, yeah, that's the dude. You understand? It put like a. No, it, it, it recognized a little different now. It's looking different. Looking different. So the expectation mm -hmm. is different. It's you know what I'm saying? On you that you can't control the expectation that the public is now giving. I, absolutely, right? And because because up until that point, even when I started going in the club, like the club crowd didn't necessarily, I'm going to say it was a street, a lot of street guys in the club, you know what I'm saying, right. whatever, but not to, it was a lot of, you know, professional guys, college guys or whatever. And in the go-go, the, the culture is different, right? Because in the go-go, the mindset is like anybody in here will do something to you. Right. So you're very respectful because you know it could go left real gotcha. fast, right? Gotcha. But in the club, it was like dudes was like bumping you, spilling drinks on you, wasn't saying so like, 
Yeah, it was like, <laughs> hey, let me holler at you, bro. What the f you know what I'm saying? It really as my mock that's how me and Mark really built our relationship, right? Based on me getting into stuff, right? In the spot, you know what I'm saying? Not I never started nothing. I ain't gonna never start nothing. Sure. I'm sure respect is paramount where I come from, you know what I'm saying? So, but long story short, um, that's sort of how, but so so then that we went through a couple instances instances about that, right? Then American gangster come out, and it's like, yo, like you really you can hear fight, but you like, yeah, and so that really grounded me to say, bro, like now when you out, bro, people know who you are, you know what it, I'm saying? It, it, like naturally, like uh things are different for real. Things man. exactly, and then we go come back right next the next year with, with Cornell Jones, who I was our big homie, right? Um, you know what I'm saying? He's from my block, that's my he, you know what I mean? He out. That's our, you right. know, you know what I mean? Big, 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 big homie. You think that was a deja vu moment of when you were growing up up to the age of nine once Pops went away? Do you think once you, um, the American Gangster special came out, everything's kicking off for you with you from uh, speaking uh, nationally and all of that and getting Do you think that when, once you started to get that kind of notoriety, did you become a highlight? Because even in your book, I see that you, um, people say that you, you took a while to pretty much walk on a block because of how much people saying what up to, 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 to you and all of that stuff from a young kid. So did you have that moment again in 2007-2008-ish? Well, yeah, right? yeah, this is what happened with that. It was like, it, it, again, amongst our culture, you know, so people know, knew me already right. like in the D.C. culture, right? right. From, 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 from who I am and then the work I've done. Absolutely. People, I was, you know what I'm saying? But what that what that joint did was take was was make a a, a novice or a stranger recognize me, which was a little a yeah. little different. You were, you were so yeah hit. yeah exactly. And then recognizing me for like you know again also too to recognize me for the for the work and the service, right. which was a beautiful thing. And then you know by the time Cornell come, that's a year they're a year apart. By the time the two thousand eight American Games come around, I'm even more comfortable in that space. So right. if you was to watch those things, my commentary on both is great, right? But in the Cornell one, it's, 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 it has more range gotcha. because, you know, I had it. And then also the other part, the underlying thing was I had also by that time really accepted like, damn, like I'm a, this is who I am. Like I ain't going to jail, you know, because up until I never, even when I was doing work, I said there's some point, man, something like, my, I felt like my destiny was going to be that. I really did. You know what I mean? No, no exaggeration, right? Fine elevation, though. It me. is, bro. It is. And that joint freed me like, damn, bro, you gonna make it. And now, and you have to make it because and you making it, you helping other people make it, right? And so that's when I really like sort of started completely walking to my purpose. So by the time 2010 come around, I'm able to leverage like all of that. All to of that. Say, let's push DC or nothing. Let's push, you know, with BOA, let's push our brand. Let's, let's help Wale, you know what I'm saying? His amazing talent. You know what I'm saying? All of that is, um, you know what I'm saying? How that started to snowball you know what i'm saying so yeah man that's my connection to sort of the, the music piece you I know what I mean? you're, you're connected to all facets uh, uh, of the chocolate city and that's why that this chocolate city has no boundaries meaning it, the range is endless from the black owned businesses that we see that are just thriving thrive i mean no doubt. but that decade we talking about too we also started to see from 2000 2010 is right. really when you know what I'm saying? The gentrification really started too. Right. We started seeing the devalue, the the, the de investment into 
uh, upward mobility for poor black people, right. more money invested into the infrastructure, this 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 uh this mission to it to move new residents in. in. You, with, you see what I'm saying? With H Street, Emma, and correct me if I'm wrong, but was H Street one of the it was at one point it was the fastest growing neighborhood in the country for a little H Street, like just the mm. corridor was yeah. that first sections of dc to start getting massively gentrified well well i think i think u street happened first right, in a right, way right? right what happened though was when you're talking about h street but like i said my program that i told my american gangster came from was 609 h street right across from where the whole foods is now like oh. h street eighth and h is like one of the most like auto zone like like on 11th but the whole food right on six and h right, right on the corner but that whole community was one of the most uh, 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 synonymous, uh, uh, one of the communities most synonymous with black in this city, right? Eighth and H, like that's the blackest. You can't get no blacker than that in DC. So for for what happened to H Street to have happened is what people really point to as the example of gentrification. Got it. Got it. You got understand it. what I'm saying? It's like a, it's a, it's like a mind fuck when you. Say, yo, I know what exactly Glenwood Murray's used to be right across the Mur whole food. Okay. It, was a Mur it was a Murray Steakhouse and a DMV and a child daycare right there. And our office was right across the street, bro. You uh, see what I'm saying? Right. Right. So, 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 so that whole A Street corridor from 3rd and H to Maryland Avenue, bro, was all black. Like, people, like you, and now you, when you start talking about in terms of residents, for for that to almost be like a, a, a complete one eighty in like a, a a twelve year period. That's the other thing about gentrification in DC that don't get talked about enough. The the speed of it. It was fast, right? <laughs> Bruh, like it's 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 it's, it's, un, it's unprecedented, man. Everybody here like, say like, day and night. They said our eighth street went from day overnight, pretty much. And if even tell you something about H street, you start talking about day and night, right? Even even right now. A Street in the day, even like my my neighborhood during the day, it's still people, black people still are there. But you know, the lady get the night though. The people that live there right. are there now. You see, late uh, at, at night, A Street whiten up, man, because the residents, the foot traffic is for the people that live. That live. That, you know what I'm saying? I mean, not necessarily on a weekend, but I mean like on a on a Monday night. You know what, mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You won't see the people that live in the with uh, you know in that community. So, right. But um, yeah, man. Just the you know, again, we might need four hours to. No, really, really I, but that's deep, why this, you know bro. This is just chapter one. This is yeah, bro. But like I, that, that, that piece of what happened here, you know, when you start talking about like the entire Northwest, is it Columbia Heights, U Street, uh, around our way. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm at, like all of that. You see the turnover is incredibly like is it, it is mind boggling, right. and it's not it's not what people people think they know right and if you just got here within the last 10 years um you you you, you can't even imagine i can't even describe to right. you what it feel like and I'm like for me how drastically different it is yeah, and, and like i live in the same i ain't never i live in the same house you know what i'm saying like i'm on my same block you know what I'm saying? so i've seen it change like it ain't no if you look for black native homeowners under 40 or 40 and under bro you're gonna be hard pressed Wow. You know what I'm saying? We 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 have a we we're black. The native Washingtonian is really in a state of emergency. If you look at incarceration rates, unemployment rates, right. mental health, if you look at homelessness, if you it's us. There ain't nobody else. There ain't no people, it's nobody else. It's us. It's it's black people from Washington. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And it's like there's a lot of thriving black people in this city. But when you start talking about the native, 
that's under 40 or 40 and under they struggling they struggling and all of it has to do with you know what happened in in the 80s and the 90s and not just for what people did because what people don't what i try to do in slow was provide context for why were those decisions made right Right. You know what I'm saying? Why did people feel a need to, to participate in criminality? It wasn't just about greed. It wasn't just about, you know what I'm saying? It was about survival. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so like it's important. That's another thing. And I, and I know I'm getting a rack of text. I know the president must be addressing the nation. But again, we start talking about our humanity. People don't see it. They right. want to, you know what I'm saying? They want to throw us away our lives. They make us a, the, 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 the sum of one decision. One and decision. no, it's no context. How did, how did we get here? And, and systematic racism, oppression, all of that leads to, because um, my question is always, how does the how does the biggest open air drug market happen 10, 10 blocks away from the U.S. Capitol? How? How? It ain't a port in D.C. It ain't a gun store in D.C. How? How that happen? Are we the, are we we the only ones that should be held no, accountable? By far, no. no. So. But nah, but the, look, I, we only got like a few more minutes, so I would be, of course, remiss not to at least get your take, uh, like a, 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 a minute, 60 second, George Floyd, everything yeah. from a DC yeah. level, like what you're seeing with the looting and the, the, the rock sure. and For sure. level. So, man, I just say this, man, you know, uh, uh, first of all, rest in peace, Mr. Floyd, and God bless him and his family. Um, right now, you know, my, my take is that, you know, we, we cannot. It's like my aunt, me and my aunt was talking about the 68 rise when they burned DC down after Dr. King's. Right. Uh, the, 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 the focus cannot be put on that. The focus got to be put on the atrocity that sparked that. If we stop the George, the George Floyd's situation from happening, right. if we hold police accountable, all of these things that we, we have to do, we, we and black people, uh, you know, we got to organize, we got to come, become as um pivotal as formidable as these police unions right politically we have to organize and mobilize and activate in that way to demand change from a policy and a legislation standpoint That's other it. than that it won't happen and so when you when you next week when you ain't mad no more my question is what you gonna do where you gonna volunteer right. who age you gonna come to right. you know what i'm saying and, 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 and it's let out when it's not hot no more you, are, you understand what you gonna do and that because we've seen this we've been here eric Gardner, sandra bland you know what i'm saying uh, trayvon martin you know mike brown all that we've been here We've been here, but right. this is a little different in the sense that I think it's just a combination. People are tired. All people seem to be tired. Yeah. And the leadership, you know what I'm saying, from the top down. And the other thing I would say to any black person, man, out there, man, that can own a gun, get you a gun. Tell them. Guns, guns have been demonized in our Tell community, them. right? They've been demonized. Listen, the Second Amendment right talk about, you know what I'm saying, right to bear arms, right, to protect yourself, your life and liberty, your property against the government itself, right? So if we have in a time where the government, you know what I'm saying, bears down or turn against us as citizens, you want to be able to protect you and your family. This is a real thing. And guess what? White America understands that. Yeah. You know what I mean? White yeah. America is very clear on that. That's a part of being an American. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, now we know the Constitution wasn't necessarily written for us, but we are American. We as American We're as still anybody. American. We're still American. We as American as anybody. So you have to take up that right understand the power in that to defend you and your family and your liberty you know what i'm saying because that's what we all searching for man we want our freedom and our liberty and we deserve it um and and and, and, and prayerfully man we all can come together so that we can obtain that you know what i mean but that's what this about so i ain't mad at it you can't be more mad about the destruction of infrastructure or the destruction of something material than you are about the destruction of life aha uh -huh. there it is that's the way to wrap it up man yo 
Um, Tony Lewis Jr., this this was amazing. I feel I feel like I almost feel like an out of body experience. Like the, and the way to kick it off, uh, I, I I would be remiss if it wasn't you, bro. So nah, I thank you, bro, and I thank you for really setting the wave and showing the way for anybody that moved to the city, man, to know that when you come with love, then we receive you with love. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm proud to call you my brother, man. Thanks for everything, bro. Brother, man, Tony Lewis Jr. and forever. Free Tony Lewis, you know that. Yeah, you already know. Shout out to the museum, too. I see we doing yeah. that. Oh, we, we coordinate that either. That was coordinated. Just, that's what the real do. Yo, All right, thank man. you, OG. Appreciate you. Peace, bro. Much love. Right. Be safe. Right. Yeah. Appreciate y'all for, for locking in. So so we're gonna keep this thing going. Uh that was chapter one. We're gonna we're gonna write the book. Uh so tomorrow, um, if you just if you if you're just joining us. Tony Lewis actually naturally said it without even knowing that um, um, Mark Barnes is my next guest tomorrow. Uh, so let's let's get the king of the nightlife on here. All right. So shout out to everybody in here. I was trying to holler DJ Money. I seen Scooty was in here. My man G Dot. Um, I got two minutes that it says. Um, my man Ab, what's up, Ab? Money, 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 money. What's up, everybody? Everybody. Appreciate y'all. So tomorrow, same time, 6 p.m. Mark Barnes. All right, everybody be safe out there. Um, and you know what it is, man. One love. DC, a chocolate city story.